Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. Today, we're going to uh, transition into a new subject. I'm going to take this jacket off because um, <laughs> it's hot. That's why. And as you can see, Annis and I are matching. So that's, I had a white shirt on, but I saw she put a pink one on. So I said, let's. I just go grab my pink shirt and I'll save the, the white one for later. So we're going to uh, do a book study this, these next couple of weeks and we're going to do the book of Jonah. Everybody say the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah. And the reason why I picked Jonah is because Jonah is going along with what we've been preaching about being led by the Spirit and also some of the other things that are going around going on around us Jonah touches on so we will uh we'll do chapters one and two if we can get to it I have a few preliminary things I want to say but uh we'll try to read we're going to read everybody say read <coughs> two chapters <coughs> excuse me and Jonah is such a short book it's only four ch- chapters in the whole book and the first two chapters I think of total of about 23 verses so it's not going to take a long time to go over those first two chapter. So let's pray and we'll get into the message that God has put on my heart today. So Father, first of all, we thank you for the privilege of being able to come into your presence. You said to enter into your courts with thanksgiving, into your gates with thanksgiving, and into your courts with praise. So we do that, Lord. We're thankful and we're grateful that you have touched our lives and the lives of all those that are here and the lives of your people internationally. Excuse me. You have made us new creations. And so, Lord, all we ask that you do is to continue us down this path. Continue to sanctify us. Continue to purify us. Continue to draw us closer to you. And continue to form us into the image of your son, Jesus. So, Lord, I pray as I break open this book of Jonah that you would speak through me and speak to us the things that your spirit has in store for us in Jesus mighty name and everyone said amen, amen. if you guys remember I uh, during during the uh, the uh, quarantine time I sent out a uh, Bible study on the Old Testament and so this is almost like picking it up where I left off I had to uh, go back and listen to what I had said there And what I said about the Old Testament was that not only the Old Testament, but the whole of Scripture is God, and I said attempting to get himself into the earth, but actually God is moving to get himself into his people so that he can manifest himself in the earth. He is not attempting to do that. He has done that. Amen? So I I apologize for that misstatement. And so we look at 
Jonah as a part of this plan of God. Now, remember, first is it first or second Peter says that God does not is not willing that anyone should perish. Amen. Say no one. God doesn't want anybody to perish. Say it. That includes Hitler. That includes Stalin. That includes Jimmy Carter. That includes Donald Trump. That includes uh, the the grand wizard of the KKK, the worst person you could ever think of, that still includes them. Amen? So as God is moving on these people's hearts, how many know that everybody will not respond? But that does not mean that that is not God's will, that they do respond. The Bible says that the hell was prepared for the devil and who? His angels. And last I checked, Although some folks may act like some of the devil's angels, none of us are the devil's angels. Amen? So hell was not prepared for people. Amen? I know people always want to ask, well, if God is such a loving God, why did he send people to hell? He didn't prepare hell for you. He said he was going to prepare a place in heaven for you. (laughs) Amen? That's what Jesus said, right? He says, I go to prepare a place so that where I am, you may be there also. So that's his plan. But the fact that men don't want to follow his way is just a repeat of the beginning story. Amen. We have never wanted to follow his way. That's why he had to send his son to change the course, if you will. Amen. So looking with all that said, we're going to look at Jonah. Now, Jonah's book And I'm going to get academic on you for a minute, so just bear with me. I tried to put this on the slide, but I I didn't have enough time. But Jonah wrote this book around 4, or excuse me, 786, between 786 and 746 B.C. Jonah is identified in the book of Kings in 2 Kings chapter 14. So let's go to that real quickly. And, and for those that may not know this, and I hope this isn't a surprise, but the way the Bible, Old Testament as well as New, those books are not necessarily in chronological order. Did everybody know that? Huh? Jonah, even though it's at the end, Jonah, his life was somewhere in the middle of the kingdom of Israel, Okay. And so 2 Kings chapter 14 identifies Jonah in verse 25, and it says here, um, and it's just a short snippet to identify. And let me see, I think I said 25, but that's not the verse. No, it is, I'm sorry. Chapter 14, verse 25 says this. He restored the coast of Israel from entering of, from the entering in of Hamath, unto the sea of the plain, according to the word of God of Israel, excuse me, according to the word of God, the God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gath of Hefer. So here, if you, Jeroboam and all these kings, Jeroboam was towards the end. There's two Jeroboams in the kingdom of Israel. The first Jeroboam, and then there's another Jeroboam at the end. This is the Jeroboam that's referred. So Jonah shows up 
at that time. So we all know the story of Jonah, but as we, before we jump into what Jonah is all about, first let's look at the background. Jonah the, is told by God to go to a people that he does not like. <laughs> and if you know anything about the history of the Assyrians, and I was trying to find some of the history. The history actually goes way, way back. The, the kingdom of Assyria, if you guys remember Noah, everybody remember Noah and the ark? He had three sons. What were their names? Ham is the black guy. They always know that. Shem and Japheth, okay? Shem is the lineage whereby Abraham comes from. And Asher is the son of Shem. And Asher is the beginning of the, the kingdom of Assyria. Now, so it goes way back. Now, it did not become a powerful kingdom until later on. But throughout Israel's history, Assyria was one of those harassing nations. But, but even if it wasn't, remember the Jews always believed, well, not only believed, knew that they were the called people. Amen? Amen? Everybody knows that. Amen. You know, Michael was telling me about somebody that he met, I think it was a Jewish young lady, and she was asking him, can you give me proof of that God exists? And that's funny coming from a Jewish person because you could say you're proof that God exists because if he, if he didn't exist, you wouldn't be the chosen people. <laughs> so it starts with you to understand who God has said you were. So God chose the people of Israel. Now, God told them that I didn't choose you because you were better than anybody. I chose you because I chose you. But as time went on, the Jewish people started to believe that they were better than everybody else. And so first, he didn't like the Assyrians, but secondly, he didn't like Gentiles. So it was hard for him to go with what God told him to do. But I don't want to jump too quickly into that. I want to look at a few things that relates to Bible interpretation as we get ready to jump into the book of Jonah. So the, there's, in Bible interpretation, which is normally called hermeneutics, there's five questions that usually you ask about the book or the text that you're looking at. Number one is, who wrote it? Well, in this case, we assume that Jonah wrote the book of Jonah. Now, if you, if you have read the Old Testament, you know that, and the New Testament for that matter, even though Paul is attributed to writing the letters, he actually dictates the letters. Amen? Everybody, has everybody picked that up? Because sometimes uh, Timothy wrote them. Sometimes Sosothenes wrote one. Uh, so even though the book is attributed to the speaker or the, dictate, the one that dictates, he does not always pin the actual book. Does everybody understand that, right? The next question is, the when, who, first is who, then what? What kind of book is this? Now, you might say, well, what do you mean? It's the Bible. Well, in the Bible, there are a number of different groupings. Everybody say groupings. groupings. There's what's called the historic books and the kings, second kings, the, the, all the kings and the 
the uh, all really almost the whole Old Testament is is historical books. Well, what does that mean? There are they are telling you what happened based on history. Okay. Then there's teaching books like the letters that are written in the New Testament. Paul's letters are always addressing an issue. So he's trying to teach the New Testament church how to be the church. And each letter addresses a different issue. Amen? If you guys need, if you haven't picked that up, that's true. Uh, the next thing you have is what's called the poetic books. Well, the Psalms are poetry or even songs for that matter. And as everybody knows, songs and poems go together, right? So we have the poetry books. You have the, uh, some letters to, uh, like 2 Timothy was actually a letter to Timothy and what he needed to do. And then there's the proverbials, which are the Proverbs, uh, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. And for those that didn't know this, uh, Job is considered poetic. So those are the different groupings of the Bible. And then the next question is, when was it written? Well, I already told you about Jonah. It was about 786 to 746 B.C. Now, why is that important? It's so important because the Bible really authenticates itself. The reason why people can go and dig up lost ruins is because the Bible gave them the address to where to find these ruins. Now, the interesting thing about Nineveh is for many, many years... They did not believe the city of Nineveh existed. So they said, well, the Bible made up the city of Nineveh. Until, of course, one day, <laughs> and this is how people are. This is how the human beings are. God tells you something. You can't find it, so you don't think God is telling the truth. That's how people are. But as my old pastor used to say, just live a little longer, and the truth will reveal itself. Amen? So the next question is, where did it go, or who was the original audience of the letter or the book or that you're reading? Now you might say, well, why is that important? Well, because he's telling a specific thing to a specific people. And then the final question, or the, actually two more, uh, then you, after that you compare and contrast the original audience with the audience that you're now targeting. In other words, this is the application audience. Everybody say application. application. A lot of people jump to application before they even know the context. And all the things I just talked about are contextual quest points. You guys ever heard, heard the saying that if you take a scripture out of, a con out of its context, it's nothing but a pretext. You ever, you ever, anybody, anybody ever heard that before? So you have to keep things in their context. That does not mean that you can't quote scripture and have it apply to you. You just have to be included in the target audience. Are you with me here? And so as we go through the book of Jonah, we want to keep all these things in mind. But also, everybody say also. also. Some other things you always have to remember. When you're reading the Bible and you don't understand what it's trying to tell you, Put it in the full context of the word of God. And that helps to bring clarity. Amen? What's the purpose of God in the earth? 
Anybody say anybody. What's God's purpose in the earth? To bring glory to himself, but also to redeem human beings. That's really the big purpose of God because we're fallen, and now he's, he's bringing us back to himself. And also, as, as a result of that, he brings glory to his name. So if you keep that in mind, and you, you will always be able to find where this particular book letter fits into the plan of God. Amen? The next thing you want to remember is that Scripture never contradicts itself. Everybody say that. Scripture, scripture. Never, never contradicts itself. Let me give you an example. Jesus said that if you don't hate father, mother, sister, or brother, you are not worthy of me. So reading that, you say, Jesus told me to hate my parents? But what's the command, what's the commandment say? You shall honor your mother and your father so that your days might live long on the earth. Now, on its surface, that seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? On one side, he tells you to hate them. On the other side, he tells you to love them or honor them. Well, what's the, the plan? Well, of course, we know God doesn't want you to hate. So the word hate must mean something else. And if you dig deeper, the word hate means you have to love me more than you love your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. Because if you don't, those relationships will be more greater than your relationship with God. And how many of us know, and, and I guess you, well, I guess husband is, and wives are in there too. If your love for them is greater than your love for God, then your obedience to God will be based on your relationship with them as opposed to your relationship with God. Amen? So you have to always remember the scripture does not contradict itself. No matter what people try to tell you, the Bible says that it is a spiritual book. It cannot be naturally understood. But the world is what? Natural or carnal, as we say in the scriptures. So they cannot understand the full counsel of what the spirit is trying to tell us because they don't have access to the teacher. Amen? <clears throat> so that's why they say stuff like, well, the Bible con contradicts itself, and then they try to find passages, but they really can't, because the plan of God never changes. Amen? Is this, is this good stuff for you guys? Is this helpful? Because a lot of people, I know, maybe some of you guys have, have, have experienced or been exposed to this, but a lot of, a lot of Christians have not. And that's why we get all these weird interpretations, weird doctrines, weird things, because we don't always follow the path that's laid out. And also, this is the final point, and then I'll get into um, Jonah. Look for the single direct meaning of a passage instead of trying to analogize, analogize it. A lot of people say, well, I know what the Bible is saying, but what does that mean? They think it has some spiritual significance. And it does sometimes. Everybody say sometimes, but not always. And see, that's what happens. People want to spiritualize everything. 
You know, now they want to call us spiritual Israel. <laughs> well, he actually said we were grafted into the old Israel. So we don't have to be spiritual anything. We're just one body. But we, we try to do these things to, we're now, and the funny thing about the church, we accused Israel of being haughty and exclusive, but now the church has become like that. We think that we're the, <laughs> there's an old phrase, the cat's meow, and I don't even like cats. But we think that we're the ones that are all that. But just like God admonished Israel for having that attitude, we can't have that attitude either. The Bible says we were grafted in. Everybody say grafted in. So you don't even belong is the bottom line. Huh? You don't belong in this thing. But he puts you in there, so your attitude should always be one of gratitude. Everybody say, he's rhyming. <laughs> your attitude should be, Lord, I'm grateful that you made me a part of what you planned in the beginning. Amen. And I'm not anything more than what I was before, but, uh, but for what you made me. Amen? Amen? So we always have to remember that there is a specific meaning to the scriptures. Now, the last point, I said I was the last point, but this last point is all these rules are wonderful, but the main rule you need to know is the Spirit of God wrote the Bible. Everybody say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. wrote the Bible. So he knows what it means. Amen? So if you forget all these rules, ask him, Father, what and by your Spirit were you trying to tell us? And wait until he tells you. Amen? Because ultimately, the rules, see, and this is why the church can always fall back into legalism, because we love rules. We love rules. If you don't believe me, why do you think you're in quarantine? There's rules. They like rules. <laughs> People love rules. They love methodology. And that's why they don't like God, because he does things that, go beyond what methodology tells us. That's why the Jews had trouble following Jesus because he seemed to be violating the Sabbath, but he really wasn't violating the Sabbath. And they couldn't deal with him because he said, well, how do you heal on the Sabbath? Hey, hey, well, you pull your, your donkey out of the hole on the Sabbath. Why are you on me for healing? And then they're scratching their head. Yeah, that's true. We do. And he said, and your priests are offering sacrifices in the Sabbath. What? You don't see that? And you circumcise on the Sabbath. So let's get this thing right. Rules are wonderful, but the Spirit of God has a better plan. Yeah. Amen? <clears throat> so never fail to ask God whenever you, I, I say, I pray about every book I pick up. I mean, if I'm picking up the newspaper, I say, Father, help me to get out of this what I need to get out of it and leave the rest alone. I don't read the newspaper anymore. Of course, there's probably ain't many newspapers out there. But when I read anything, I say, Father, speak to me on what you want me to hear because I don't want all the junk. That's why I don't read the newspaper much because it's mostly junk. Amen? All right, now we're going to Jonah. Everybody say, we're going to Jonah. Going to Jonah. <laughs> hey. We're just halfway through this sermon, but our prayer is that God is already speaking a dynamic word to you personally. 
but don't keep it to yourself. We need you to testify. We want to hear what God is doing. Give us a call or text us at 425-686-8197 to let us know what God is doing. If you're on Facebook, contact us at facebook.com slash newcreationcc or on Twitter at newcreationwa. Now, let's tune in for the second half of this sermon. So let's go to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. I know I took a lot of time to go through that, but I think it's helpful because some people have just picked up the Bible like I did. Look, I, I just picked up the Bible and started reading. And I was confused for a long time because I didn't know what this meant, what that meant, why is this in there and all that. But the more I read, the better I began to understand. So that happens, but it also because I started praying while I was reading. Amen? So let's go. Let's, Father, we pray that open us up on Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to, unto Jonah, the son of Emetai. Remember, that's the same guy. Saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go in with, him, with them into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like, like to be broken. Let me change my version. I don't know how I got into that one, but let me switch back to my usual version here. What happened? you love your computer things let's just get rid of my books here it's got to start all over all right here we go I think oh wow oh well that's why I keep a bible up here <laughs> that's not working there so let me go to Jonah real quick sorry folks my computer just decided it didn't like the old testament so I moved it, removed it so I have to figure out what happened. Where was I? Verse what? Five. Five. Thank you. So it says here, verse five, then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, laid, lay, had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you do? What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And what, of, what people are you? And he, so he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, and, excuse me, the God of heaven, and made, who made the sea and all the dry land. Then the men who ex were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. 
Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up, throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for, for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now that's chapter one. Let's do chapter two, and we'll make some comments here. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look up, look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings and the mountains. The earth with the bars, its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to the you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish. And it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, that's a mouthful, I know. But let's, let's look at these first two chapters. Let me say this, too. And we'll get into this. Jonah is actually, <coughs> and this is unfortunate, but some Christians even believe this. Many Christians do not believe Jonah really got swallowed by a whale or a fish or it used to be we call them a whale, right? Now it's just a great fish. Now the actual translation does say great fish. And of course we all, us sophisticated folk up in here, know that a whale is not a fish. Right? A whale is a mammal. But how many know that they didn't know that probably back then? Right? But nevertheless, you see Jonah is told by God. Everybody say told by God to go to Nineveh. And Jonah, right away, it doesn't say Jonah thought about it. He said, Jonah said, right away, I'm going to Tarshish because I don't want to go to Nineveh. So this is, now this, I said, this has to do with being led by the Spirit. The Spirit is telling Jonah what to do and his flesh is telling him, I'm not doing it. And not only am I not doing it, I'm going to make great steps to fulfill that I'm not doing it. So he goes and buys a ticket. His old song, got my ticket. But that was the wrong ticket. <laughs> he was going to Tarshish. Now notice the funny thing, Paul was from Tarshish. Remember that? 
So all these things kind of go together. So he gets in the boat. He's going to Tarshish. He's asleep. Everybody else is struggling. And God catches up with Jonah. Well, actually, he never lost him. But Jonah was found, and Jonah admits that he's running from God. And so if we go back to what we talked about and being led by the Spirit, many times God may instruct you to do things that you do not want to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, let me, everything God instructs us we don't want. Why do you think everybody's not saved? Huh? Ask people. How come you haven't accepted Christ? Well, I'm young. Uh, You know, I want to have fun first. And then when I get older, (laughs) I'll I'll get saved. And I, I used to, and then finally it dawned on me, so you mean to tell me that you were you wanna exchange a party for eternity? A party that if you're drinking, getting high, you won't remember. <laughs> huh? How many remember the part days you had? Well, maybe I shouldn't ask some of y'all. But how many, I remember when I went to parties. I didn't drink, I didn't get high. But I remember going to the parties and I remember asking myself, what am I doing here? Because it was so boring. <laughs> but you go to school the next Monday? And you thought that they were at a different party. Oh, man, that party was, oh, that party was, back then, my word, they were, that was live, man, it was live. Folks just standing on the wall, looking at each other, boys on this side, girls on this side, and they all afraid to ask somebody to dance. And, and this was live? Don't, don't kid yourself. Those parties were not live. Why do you think they had to add the drugs and the alcohol? Because it wasn't nothing happening otherwise. So we have to understand that when God tells us to do something, there's a reason for it, even though we don't understand it or may not agree with it. Amen? Now, Jonah does not agree with the plan of God. He wants him to pronounce. Now, and on one side, he, might, he should have agreed because he said, well, he wants you to pronounce judgment on Nineveh. That should have made him happy. Because he doesn't like Nineveh. Huh? He doesn't like that place. And by the way, Nineveh <clears throat> or is the capital of, of Assyria. That's where we started. And Assyria is the nation that ultimately destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel. So there was good reason why Jonah did not like Nineveh. And also, Assyria is the same nation that harassed Hezekiah. Now, you guys all know the story of Hezekiah, right? The guy goes up there, and he's talking smack to the guys on the wall. He said, don't think your God is going to save you. Look at all these other nations we got. And their gods didn't do anything for them. Why do you think your God is any great? And God says, let me show you the difference between my God and their God. And he said, not only will he not destroy Judah, he's not even coming in the gates. <laughs> he said, I'm going to show this guy. He thinks he's something, but he's nothing. And he said, and one night, the angel of the Lord smote 180,000 Assyrians outside the gate. And the battle was over. 
<laughs> there was no battle. Then he went back and his kids killed him. <laughs> so you don't talk smack with the God, against the God of heaven. You may talk smack against his people, but when you throw his name in there, it's a different fight. Amen? So Jonah didn't like Nineveh. He didn't like the, uh, the Assyrians, but God told him to do what he told him to do because ultimately God is not willing that any should perish. Amen? The plan has never changed. Amen? It's just, it was just clouded in the Old Testament. But the plan has never changed. And then he gets to the place where he admits that he's going the wrong way. And he says, well, just throw me overboard. Well, they didn't want to throw him overboard. They thought that was a drastic measure. But he, they ended up throwing him overboard. There's another song. Throw me overboard. Not a hiding place. <laughs> he did have a hiding place. It was called the belly of the fish. So he threw him overboard. And I'm, obviously I'm cutting through. And, and the fish swallowed him. And I was even reading C.S. Lewis the other day. And he's not sure that Jonah was anything more than a mythology story. Now, it's, 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 it's important that we understand that that can't be. Everybody say, that can't be. The Bible is not mythology. Because if, if it is, we're all in trouble. We might as well close this thing down and go do what we're going to do. If it's mythology. But I'm going to tell you how it's not mythology. Let's go to... Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 39. And, and, and let me say this too. There's a, lot, there's a few books as you turn in. Well, y'all ain't turning. Only I'm turning now. <laughs> there's a few books in the Bible that a lot of people, loose stories in the Bible that people have problems with. Number one is the flood. Huh? People don't believe the flood happened, right? Is that right? A lot of people don't believe that. Well, another story in the Bible that's hard to believe is the, the Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt. You guys have read that story before? And then Jonah being swallowed up by the whale. And there's a few others. But every one of these stories that are questionable, Jesus refers to. Everybody say Jesus, Jesus. refers to him. He authenticates these stories. You might say, well, how can Jesus authenticate? Well, who's Jesus? Wow. <laughs> He's the son of the living God. That's why. That's how he authenticates things. So look what he says about Jonah. And then we're going to close. Uh, so let's start at 38. It says, then some of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet who? Everybody say it together. Jonah. Let's say it together. Jonah. And then what does he say after that? For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. Oh, you mean to tell me Jesus is quoting mythology? Or is he trying to tell us that this is real stuff, man? 
He says, says, he was in the fish for three days and three nights. So will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jonah is a picture of the resurrection. (laughs) Imagine that. A story that, say, that's why this can't be mythology. Because then the resurrection is mythology. Are you with me here? That's why every word of God is true. It says that in the Bible. <laughs> That's in the, uh, one of the Psalms 119, one of those verses. And then he goes on to say, <clears throat> um, the men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. So Jesus authenticates the story of Jonah. Jesus authenticates the fact that Jonah was swallowed by a whale or a fish or whatever he was. But he also authenticates that Jonah got out of the whale's mouth and preached to the Ninevites who later turned around. Amen? Well, I already told you the end of the story, but you already knew it anyway. So we have to understand that the Bible is not just a conglomeration of stories. A lot of people miss the word of God because they think it's just a good story. You have to apply that story to your own heart. What in, 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 in Jonah do we see of today? And I know I said we're getting ready to close, but we are. Jonah doesn't like certain groups of people. Huh, doesn't that sound familiar? And and I'm not just talking about outside the church. Church people need to learn to love people. Not just church people. Now the Bible does say, especially those of the household of faith, but it doesn't exclude the outsiders. Amen? The Bible says, how can you love God whom you haven't seen and hate your brother whom you have seen? So the church has to learn that if God wants you to go to somebody, even though you don't like that person, you have to do what he says. Because first he's trying to work on your heart so that then he can work on their heart. Because this same story is repeated in in Peter's life. Peter had to have the same thing. He had to have a revelation come down from heaven and say what I've called clean don't you call unclean. And then Peter, when he got to Cornelius, he said, look, I'm going to tell you something. It's unlawful for me to be here. (laughs) But God said, (laughs) I'm not going to go there. But uh, he told me that don't call what he's cleansed unclean. So Peter followed the spirit, whereas Jonah had to be coerced into doing it. Amen? But how many know he did it anyway? Amen? All right, we're going on. Let's stand. Oh, I forgot. We got a few things to go. So we're going to do communion, then we got to do the offering, but we're going to close the message. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word, and I know it's taken me a few minutes to go through what what you gave me today, but I pray that you would use it for your glory. 
Give us eyes to see ourselves and ears to hear ourselves so that we don't fall into traps like Jonah where we don't want to see your mercy shed abroad on the hearts of other people outside of our protected group. But Lord, help us to see as you've seen that you don't want anybody to perish. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying at this time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we are going to receive communion, so they will bring it to you. <clears throat> we thank you for listening to today's sermon, and we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life where you can come as you are and be transformed by the Word of God.